and this is what life looks like. Um, but Andy was like, we can do better than this. Like, I am not, like, he was not where he wanted to be. He wanted to be home with his son. He wanted to be on his own time. Um, and so he was the one that kind of planted the seed of like, let's go. And I think after several months of having our new baby and having no help because we had no family members in the area, um, we were just on our own trying to balance everything. I was like, you know, moving close to family sounds good. So that's what we decided to do. And he, um, we networked into a private company and started our new life in Florida. Yeah. That's amazing. What's it been mm-hmm. like in Florida compared to everywhere else you've been? So I grew up here. <laughs> and funny enough, Andy had to convince me to come back because, um, I spent all of, like, my high school and college years here. So I went to, like, University of South Florida. I went to Florida State University um, trying to leave. I was like, I'm going to be a professional, and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> like, I'm going to where professional people go or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was this big thing, and I was like, oh, I mean, I got to D.C. I got to the CIA. So when he was like, let's go back to St. P. I was like, no. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we can go to Colorado. Like, let's... Really? Yeah, I was like, we can why go... Why not <laughs> Florida? Why Why were you so against it? It was really just the idea of coming home where I felt like I had achieved... So it was my own personal issues that I had... I needed to work through, right? Like, I felt like I have achieved and now mm. I'm go- taking a step back somehow. It's beneath you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but since... I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Like, he... He had traveled, so I had traveled the world, but not really the United States, which is kind of Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. He had traveled the United States. So he said the first Christmas I brought him home, it's Christmas time, there's lights on the palm trees, it's 70 degrees, you know, in December. And he was like, from the first moment, he was like, this is it. This is paradise. Um, And so because he has seen so much of the United States, for him to say, you know, St. Pete's the place, I was like, okay, like, I'll, I'll do it. And my parents lived here. My sister lives, my entire mom's side of the family lives here. Okay. So I was like, lots of family. St. Pete's not so bad. Mm. Now that we've been back a while, now that we've been back several years, um, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that he had the idea to come back. And I'm really happy that I listened to him he's very smart <laughs> so well don't say that you actually re- you actually you actually regret moving back here and you really can't wait to get the hell out of florida we don't want anybody getting the wrong idea about florida oh, true do not move to st no. petersburg florida sucks go to texas <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> everything goes in texas so I just heard go a, there i heard texas is so much better than florida yeah, beautiful you know they got you can, they got they got the new law, the open carry without a oh, permit. Oh my gosh, I've been—I just read about that. That's so funny. Yeah, they were like, "There's other states too." I'm like, "What other states?" Yeah. <laughs> Not that it matters because I'll never see the gun. I guess. Well, Texas has the least gun violence, right? Isn't that, isn't that true? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I heard it somewhere. I don't know. That's crazy. Do you guys, I think you guys, you think you guys will stay in Florida for a while or are you guys going to 
get out of here eventually or well so we're waiting for things to open up we Mm -hmm. were overseas when florida's open yeah (laughs) well yeah (laughs) so funny enough we were overseas when the pandemic hit and like they are dealing with their immediate neighbors Mm. because that like they have nukes right like that's who's going to affect them you know and then there's always the question of is america going to get involved or not right like if a country doesn't think that america is going to back them up they have to start thinking about their other options so the further the more like nationalists we become the more everybody else like there's going to there's a power vacuum that happens other people fill in you Mm -hmm. you know there can't be a vacuum somebody's going to fill in that spot and the scariest part about it is, too, that those countries are so, like you said, so much more aggressive. And they'll take extreme mm-hmm. measures, like way harsher than I feel like the United States would even take. Well, because there's a history there. I mean, right. think about how old the countries, you know, I mean, do we just, we were talking earlier about how young America is. Like, there's this very long history in these regions, um, you know, so lots of baggage lots of you know disputes that were you know are still kind of festering you know um you can see it when you read about the border disputes in the area lots of cultural issues um that i think americans like we can't even relate to Mm -hmm. are you i was talking to uh to andy last time about how in some of the embassies in Cuba and Russia, the American embassies, they there were a lot of people in different agencies like the CIA and the FBI that were experiencing like crazy headaches. Yeah, I read about and that. And migraines yeah. and, and experiencing disorders. Because yeah. you know about this. Maybe you can yeah. explain it better than I can. But basically they were like targeting radiation towards these embassies yep. that were giving people... Yeah. Head injuries, basically. Yeah. So there are certain countries that like to play dirty. Um, so I still, I, I mean, whatever you think about the CIA, like America has standards, right? We have lawyers, we have laws, <laughs> we have standards. Um, you know, we have a democratic government. Um, but there are other countries that do not. Like they what I would consider play dirty. Like they will kill your dog, you know, just, just to mess with you, just to let the, just to let you know that they know who you are. Right. You know, they'll do things to make you sick, to make you leave, to make it so uncomfortable for you to be there that you'll just go. Cause I mean, they just don't want you there. Right. They'll do things to mess with you. Um, they'll, they'll surveil you like obviously so you know that you're constantly being watched Mm, you know intimidating you right so i mean there's lots of different tactics that intelligence agencies use um you know the the ones we think about are the ones where everything's a secret and nobody knows and everything's doing everybody's doing things in the shadows Um, But then there's kind of the dirty side where they do things overtly just to harass you, um, harass you, intimidate you. Um, There are there are intelligence agencies that use, um, you know, blackmail and manipulation. 
um, which in in the CIA's view is not like that is not a functional way like that is not sustainable right like you're if you're blackmailing somebody for intelligence it's not really the best way to go like that's not the best way to get intelligence it's not sustainable that something's going to happen Mm -hmm. um you can't keep that up maybe you could do it once you know but if you're trying to build a long-term intelligence relationship with an asset that's not the way to go but there are plenty of countries who do it you know doesn't the united states break sort of international laws too i mean don't they (laughs) don't we break a lot of laws that we just say it's okay because we're the united states well so does everybody (laughs) so all the countries do it um so be so gathering intelligence in like any country is illegal in every country um so to that extent yes um you're definitely you know by recruiting some you know somebody to to spy on their country like you're breaking the law but that's that's the game right so like that's like the gentleman's game right Mm. like everybody knows it's happening everybody knows they're doing it everybody knows that you know like in any given country like the brits have spies there the americans have spies there the french have spies there the you know, the Thais have spies there. Like, if there's an embassy or if there's a foreign presence or whatever, like, there's spies there. Everybody mm. knows it. And But that's the gentleman's game, right? Like, I, I, like, I see you. You know, you see us. Okay. You know, yeah. You, like, if you're good, you know, be good enough to keep yourself secret. You know, and that's, that's, for me, like, that's the real game mm. of... You know, that's the proper intelligence game, I think. Do you think because because of your guys' opposite personality traits, do you mm-hmm. think that made you guys work better together? Yeah. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different opinions out there of people who think that the same personality types are better together versus opposite personality types i'm yeah. on the on i personally believe that opposite personalities fit together better because like you and andy my wife and i are completely opposite Opposites. yeah so um i think professionally being opposites on the same team on the same operation was awesome like Mm. because we totally filled in each other's you know strengths and weaknesses um personally that makes it a lot harder i think i look at some couples that are almost identical in personality and they just seem to gel and like everything's always smooth (laughs) (laughs) like why can't i have that um so yeah, professionally, I absolutely think, you know. I was like, boo, he kind of extra. Like, he talking about I changed his life. She's like, nah, bro. My man was getting $1,500. He just spoke for an hour virtually and got 10 grand. So she was like, yo, own that. I was like, come on then, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, for real, and everybody not getting that. I got some people getting $1,500, $2,500, four grand. It's all over the place, right? Yeah, right. But the fact that you can do that, Virtually or in person, ain't changed lives. Ain't nothing like it. So Bro, I worked forty hours a week to make three thousand dollars a month. 
Oh, yeah, the Cheesecake Factory. And so you see why when you first asked about the price, I even feel weird sharing it. Because all my partners, Marcus, like Neo, Josh, like all the homies is like, bro, your course is like, it need to be five grand for everything that you're doing. And they got access to you. And they coming on Yo, the don't calls. don't let Neo pressure you because he be pressuring me, bro. Every time <laughs> yeah. I talk to him, I'm not charging enough. Like, I'm like, yo, bro. Every me. time. Every time. <laughs> and I be hearing it. And But, but when people sure. in my community was like, yeah, I would have paid five grand for this. Mm. I would have paid more. That's why when you first asked how much, and I was like, it's two grand. And you was like, can we get a discount? That's why I was a slightly hesitant because it was just like, because I'm on camera too. Right. A pressure. <laughs> you know what? Yo, listen, if you but, I, but to, I love it though. I don't, I'm not gonna renege. Sure. No, no, no. But let's let's just check this out. If it because things change, we don't know how this joint is gonna be on for 10 years, right? Right. So if it changes, just promise me it will be a discount under what you normally charge. Yes, on for next sure. Level. Speakers Academy. You paying me after 30 days, right? You right. pay me that 30. I'm the government. I'm going yeah. to pay them that 32. I ain't coming on my pocket. The government is going to fund everything. Why would I prepay anybody, right? If the government says I'm on that 30, I'm putting Joe Schmo over here on that 32. So that's something you need to go negotiate with the contractor up front. They know. Because some people be wanting a deposit to do yeah, some work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say, oh, you know... Especially if it's I'm renting like porta potties, hand washing stations, they'll say, "Oh, I need a ten percent deposit." Well, 2011, I ain't had it right, so I had to communicate. Hey, this is gonna be a federal government contract. Yeah. Work with me here. You gonna get your money? It's coming from, and that's okay. That's gotcha. the key, man. If you can't speak to people, I mean, they won't shake and move. They'll just go their own Gosh. SOPs. Now, when I have the actual contract in hand. That's like liquid currency. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's real. Yeah, I'm going to leverage it. This is real. Look what I got going on. And then they, you know, jump in bed with me at work. Gotcha. Give me the biggest issue, the headache, man, because it can't be as sweet as it sounds. It sounds sweet. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, dang, maybe I can get in. This is the biggest headache, man. In the beginning, I don't care what type of solicitation I've ever gone for. The headaches are making sure the subcontractors get me back their quotes in a timely manner. Remember, I'm on a time schedule. I have to have this thing submitted by May 30th. Maybe I just found the contract May the 21st. So I'm calling, calling, calling these subcontractors trying to get quotes, and they lollygagging, and then I missed my deadline. That's the hugest headache. It's not a headache once they already got the contract and they already working because they want to keep working. Half of these companies don't have a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So now when you're giving them a quote-unquote guaranteed steady four- or five-year contract, man, that them doing the work is not a big deal. It's in the beginning stages, me getting that timing down or getting that uh, quote to me. Because right. I got to submit my paperwork on time. That's the gotcha. big, that's a huge headache. That's gotcha. huge, yeah. And so how, you have employees working for you? Now, now. And what do they do? Search one person it. sends the invoice. I know that. <laughs> yeah, one person sent all that's the invoices. That's why the first person you hire, listen, I don't want to send these invoices <laughs> Yeah, I'm done with all that. So the invoicing, 
They're looking for the solicitations. I get sole source a lot now, though. So the government actually calls my company and says, hey, can you provide this product or this oh, service? Oh, really? Yeah. Also, once you build that relationship with the government, yeah. you want I mean, I got over 40 contracts, been doing it since 2008. Like, they, my, my company's name is solidified. So they just call my company and say, hey, can you provide us this product or this service? So I got somebody to run that, mm-hmm. the emails. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's only I only got like four people on my team. That's all I need. Are you versed in the in like the municipality and the state as well, or you just uh, teach you teach straight yeah, federal, federal? Straight federal. I know the crazy thing is I know nothing about the state and local. Nothing. People come to me all the time. Well, I got this state contract. I'm like, I'm not your guy. I know nothing about it. it I don't even want to get into rules it. To apply though, but they they have like. Different certifications. You got to get this. You got to get a, a DB. I don't even know the stuff. It's, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. I don't even want to tap into it. Because people come up to the federal level and they say, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Mm-hmm. And so I might go down to the state level and say the same thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this easy. I just right. haven't done it. I mean, I'm in a sweet spot, right? right when you're right. good, you're good. Dang. What's that? 2008... So that's what, uh, 13 years. Yeah, but game. remember, I didn't get the first one to. For three years. years. Yeah, <laughs> so, so about, about 10 years yeah, in the game. About 10 years, man. Yeah. So I, I got to ask this question too, man. How did you change from the gas station? Let me get that chapstick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> to like this extremely successful businessman. What was that transition? Like, Man. did it feel like a transition or was it just gradually? That's a good question because it really didn't feel like a transition until I started to talk to my old homeboys. Right now, I could yeah. tell, yo, I'm thinking different now. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to do that no more. Okay, why y'all keep texting me this stupid stuff? Like, that's when I started to know, okay, I'm just different now. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I was transitioning. I was just being me, just trying to learn and trying to speak to the level that I could get business with these people over here, not knowing my my whole mindset is changing, my speech, my tone, how I walk, even how I'm trying to think in the future, all that's changing. And they back there, you know, doing what they do. Right. This was maybe, maybe, um, had to be maybe six years ago, seven years. I don't know. I, I don't remember, but it was it was it was a good. It was a long time ago. But I I leave. Uh, I'm from New Jersey. Okay, I'm from Wilmer, New Jersey, and I leave and I'm going out. You just kind of like I'm getting into personal development. Mm. I'm building my business. I think at this point. I had left my job because I started working. I started my business in 2010 while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, okay. And then 2012, I left. So I remember when, like, when we got out of high school, what we would do is on Friday nights, like, everybody come over, bring a bottle, and we just drink and we talk. We'll mm-hmm. rap. Mm. freestyle just freestyle, get it going yeah, you feel yeah, me yeah <laughs> until the night like when everybody gets off work we just you know we're gonna find a destination we're gonna go there so long story short i came back to jersey like i don't know what i was doing there i may visit my 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 aunt or something like that and 
My boy was like, yo, come through. I'm like, all right, it's my, my, my yeah. man's. So I go to his house, and it was almost like deja vu, bro. Mm. It was the same exact thing that Nothing we were changed. doing years ago. <laughs> that was the moment where I'm like, yo, not better, but I'm different. Japanese people just put on a mask. They were like, for the greater good, no problem. Mm. Um, I think Andy struggles more with that. But for me, because it's something from my childhood, I mean, it's just very natural. It makes sense. Um, well, it's interesting because there's such an ancient culture. Yes. Like Andy was telling me that he went to, he was doing a tour there. I mm-hmm. believe it was with you. Yeah. And someone showed you guys like a mill or some, some sort of building. Yeah. That was twice as old as America. Yeah. It I mean, was so like that a, put everything in perspective. For it was him. like a house, like a wooden house and a mill still standing in like pristine condition because they take care of it. Um, yeah. Like twice as old as America. And we were like, wow the culture here i mean we've we've been to a lot of countries in asia and you know china is one of those places where you look at china's history and you know like like their history is there's such longevity there and the china that we know today is not original china like they have like looking at their progression Mm. over history i just think is so fascinating america's harder because we're so young so we're right now witnessing you know our own progression but it's not like looking at three thousand years worth of history right you know i mean native americans were here but we don't have that written history it makes you think is that where we we could be going if we last that long you know, it's really interesting. I, I, so I'm a giant dork and I am a huge fan of Star Trek. I'm like, Star Trek Next Gen is yeah. one of my favorites. And so the whole idea that one day we could be like this, you know, utopia on Earth, at least, where, you know, like money isn't, like, I think there's no currency, I'm pretty sure, in Star Trek. Everybody has roles they fill. Everybody's needs are mad. There's this definite part of me that's like, that could happen one day in theory. But communism is also a good theory. <laughs> and like, practically, it will probably never, ever work. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I have faith in humanity, but I'm also realistic. You know, we could do a lot of things. Lots of things are possible. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get there? I don't know. It would be, I mean, it just seems like the world would be such a better place if, but if we didn't have this inherently tribal DNA. Yeah. Where we're just not, like we said, like I said earlier, like territorial apes with thermonuclear <laughs> weapons yeah and you yeah. know unfortunately that's just what we are as human beings and mm-hmm. i i can't see in the near future any way to get past that threshold yeah but i figured out if what if we could somehow figure out how to get past that i think you know like i said your your vision of some utopian world of people that all get along and there's no borders or boundaries and 
Right. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think near future, I don't see it. Um, is it, is it possible? Yes. Um, there is a ton of work that would need to be done. I think, um, I was just reading a book that was talking about, um, like the scarcity mindset and the scarcity mindset is what drives people to hoard and to compete and to be like, you know, there's might be five apples and five of us, but I'm going to take three just in case. And they're like that, that mindset gets us all in trouble. Like if you look at, if you really looked at resources and how they could be divvied out, like if we actually entertained all the options that were possible, there really would be enough um, for everybody. Like there would at least be enough for basics for everybody, but that doesn't seem to be good enough for enough people, like people who have control, people who have leverage. So that just makes you know, creates inequality. It keeps inequality going. Um, so yeah, I just, I think it's a long road. I think it's definitely possible. I think people are working towards it. What do you think the best way for people to get out of that scarcity mindset is? So I think it's just believing that there is enough believing, like not being scared that at the end of this, like when I finish my sandwich, there will be no more sandwich. Like, just don't be afraid, right? Like, just know that I'm going to eat this meal. And by the time the next meal needs to come around, it'll be there. There's enough, right? Like, maybe it's not going to be a, you know, maybe it's not going to be a steak and a giant baked potato, but it will be enough. Like, you will eat, you will be fed. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing, you know, like, investing money right like don't hoard your money like use it because there will be more on the other end you know like if you keep working and you keep moving forward then you're not going to be without so that's one of the biggest biggest um philosophical questions in life right Mm -hmm. money versus time yeah, you know, people chasing, you know, and neglecting their families and their children yes. to chase money and to work. Yep. And you realize by the time most people who attain that extreme level of success or money or wealth or whatever it is, they realize once they get to the top of the mountain, yep. it's not what they thought it was. Yeah, exactly. Andy says Andy uh, refers to it as uh, looking under skirts. He's like, he's like, the more, the more people I meet, the more networking I do, he's like, the more skirts I get to look under. And the more I realize that's not what I thought it was going to look like under there. Right. Yeah. And so it's really, I think about like really understanding what is your goal? Like, what is your goal? What is the purpose you're driving towards? (laughs) Because I think most of us, I mean, I admit this, I... You have a third, a third, a third. A third goes to the guy on that side of the canal. You need a third for traffic to come through the middle. And you need a third for that guy on that side of the canal. So you have to make sure your boat's not too wide off the dock to stick out to where you go past the third of that space. Or else you can't keep your boat there. So anyway, he's got to shorten his dock for me. <laughs> I'll pay for that.
All right, so you went down to Fort Lauderdale. I went to Palm Beach, went to Fort Lauderdale, went to Miami, went everywhere. Everywhere. You know, while we were there, I think Trump was having a party in Jupiter. We didn't even know it. We drove past uh, where Trump lives in um, Mar-a-Lago. And, man, what a dead-ass place that is. That place is, I mean, you got your fancy homes, you got your ocean, your beach, but it's, like, dead. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't want to live like that. I don't even want to keep a boat in a place like that. You know, there's nothing going on, and everybody's, you know, very hidey-tidy. And um, we got over on a right. free lunch. We got over on a free we had lunch. A great lunch. Free brunch. We ate the. Free. We wanted to go eat in the Breakers. Was the Breakers is where Palm Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Breakers. Was well, Breakers in Fort Lauderdale? No, it's it's Palm Beach. The Breakers. Breakers Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. So we went to the Breakers. Sure. Yeah, we were trying to go eat lunch. What do we go anyway? So the restaurant was under construction. And we had, but they own a restaurant in town, which called. I forgot. (laughs) I think it's named after the guy that started the town. Like Henry's, Henry's Flagler from Flagler, the guy that started the big rich guy that started the whole damn thing down there. Anyway, so they have a restaurant there in town, and we got lucky because this place was expensive. You know, it's West Palm Beach and all that, so. The waitress knocks over a champagne glass that Carla was drinking. And the glass kind of blew on some of the food. Some of it, not most of it. Anyway, they were really nice. The waiter comes and the the manager comes over and he says, no, absolutely, you know, takes all the food away. You know, we we half ate the food already. (laughs) And he brings all new food, wouldn't charge us. I mean, those people must be tough in that town because these people that work there, oh, oh my God, oh my God, a glass broke. You know, and uh, so anyway, we toured everywhere. Everywhere. So now here we are. What night is the night? I can't keep track of it. I honestly Tuesday? We went Wednesday. Wednesday. We went to over 20 marinas. No, 25. And they were all too expensive. And I they charge more and I for a fucking all. piece of water, a little slip of water. It's crazy per square foot. It's only water. It's not even land you're getting. That's how much they're charging. Oh, my God. They want like $2. Some of these high-class places want $2 a foot At least per day. Seven grand if a your month. boat's 100 feet, that's 200 bucks a day. That's 30 days in a month. That's $6,000 a month for a fucking slip of water. And in Miami, you talk about, it's about oh, seven. Man, they're making money. Especially in Miami. Oh, my and God. And they don't have none, and barely have any amenities. Some of them don't have shit to give you. Uh, so anyway, we're working on it. All right, I hope anybody's out there. They got any problems, they got any questions, call in. All right, and uh, see if we can do. But right now, let me tell you, your real estate is a danger zone. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not smart enough to know how these banks are handling. I know a lot of people ain't paying. See, at first... The government was handing out money. They're giving out the extra unemployment. Everybody was paying their rent. See, multifamily was staying strong. But now I hear, and I heard from a guy yesterday that owns like 2,000 apartments in Tampa. He wanted to come uh, have lunch with me and maybe look at John's Pass or whatever. So um, he said, holy crap. He couldn't believe it. 
he was down. He was missing two hundred thousand in rents. Uh, he hasn't collected last month. He hasn't figured out what this month is already. So, and we're starting to feel a pinch too. Um, it used to be retail was having its problems. It still are. Forget about hotels. I, I just want to. Oh my God! I don't want to talk about hotels right now. But now the multifamily's getting hit. Okay, because people, it's, I'm telling you, they're not dealing with the situation like they should. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, either if you're going to keep money flowing, you keep the goddamn shit flowing. Don't give it a little and stop. All right, until it's over, keep it flowing. Uh, because right now, I'm telling you, things are getting ugly. You know, I had another commercial tenant telling me they're leaving. They're going bye-bye. I'm going to be stuck with another empty commercial unit, retail. Uh, I'm telling you, my life is depressing as hell right now. So anyway, maybe I can help somebody. Anybody out there, you want to buy something, you're looking to buy. But I will tell you, they're still lending. The government's backing up all the banks. They're backing up uh, Fannie's, Freddie's. I got people in contract to buy stuff right now. We had a big inspection in one of our hotels. I hope that goes through. So there's money flowing out there still. So, if you want to do real estate, what you got? We also have Super Chats. Super Chat, Super Chat. Parasailing the Past, thanks for the four ninety nine, And thank you for coming to, I think, most of the podcasts. Is that a parasailing goddamn time. guy I can't find? Every time I go there, he's off sailing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I personally went over there in the goddamn heat, sweating, you know, it was hot as hell. Looking for the goddamn parasail guy to see if he wants to come to my side over there and, and get more business and more exposure. And I don't know. There's th- like two or three different parasailing guys there. And I don't even know if I got to the right guy. So, parasailing guy, where the hell are you? Okay, contact us and start parasailing on my side of the boardwalk too. And go get another parasailing boat. All right, I think I know somebody selling one too. Seriously, call us. I know a guy selling a parasail in a boat and this, uh, the whole setup. A captain. All right, what else we got? Shout out to Matthew Simpson. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Matthew services every motherfucking Friday. You niggas ain't no real motherfucking Muslim till you can put a bomb on your back and one of you niggas blow your ass up. Nigga, I'm the real motherfucking Muslim. Until you niggas blow your ass up, fuck you niggas. I ain't scared of now motherfucking Muslim that's part of a Muslim group and they ain't on the white boy's terrorist list over there in Cuba at the Guantanamo Bay facility. Yeah, you niggas go to federal prison. Fuck you niggas. All you niggas went to federal prison, did what that white boy said do, and you niggas cry like a motherfucker in that federal penitentiary system, nigga. And you left your kids behind here. I ain't never left my kids out here with this big old dick, nigga. Yeah, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me. you gonna rape my mama. That's been fuck you, Muslim, nigga. You niggas been pedophile for the longest. You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and, 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 and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas. And I, and I refused to stop eating pork. So I said, fuck you, nigga. Because I, listen. I sold barbecue 
four years ago. And the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They were chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork till I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them niggas, I, I felt good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pool pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, nigga. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass, nigga. Yeah, go try to skirt me on the internet. All you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet. Catch a plane, nigga, and show up in person and make everybody in the city say, say, them niggas out of New York City looking for you, nigga. Say, it's the niggas out of California asking about you. Do that, nigga, bad motherfucker. Make Farrakhan have a million man march down here. He ain't done nothing in a while, no way, for he getting too old anyway. Yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hit a motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA young boy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You nigga can't rap. <laughs> yeah, you nigga stick to providing security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from Lil Baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim nigga. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Maria didn't trust you niggas. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. And all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch-ass niggas, Muslim niggas, didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to have been throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we is down here. 
Them ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga, fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. Fuck, that nigga didn't want to leave. Don't fiend that nigga. The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door. Boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door and put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. That very, very hierarchical way. Or you can choose not to. Um, the other thing that it would tell you is it would, it would say something about whether about the size of teams as well. I mean, it would seem to argue, I would think, um, although maybe not, it says it's really about the structure of, of teams, that to the extent that you can keep things that, um, that are as flat as possible, I think you minimize the damage caused by um, hierarchies. Hi, thanks for coming to speak. So I just started in people operations about a month ago. And since I've been here, I've had a lot of people recommend uh, Strength Finder and other books like that. And I've taken a look at it, and I can't help but think that things like that are kind of, uh, as the great skeptic James Randi said, flim-flam, mm -hmm. um, or like modern-day uh, pseudo-social science. And I'm wondering what if you have any insight into those, because I know companies spend a lot of money buying those kinds of books for their yeah. employees. I have, uh, I have to confess I've never read any of those. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, um, I know that they're very successful. Um, in, sell, in sales or in what they set out to in do? In sales. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um, but I, I guess I would only say it, it should, it's interesting, though, that there is such a hunger for that kind of thing. You know, people, I always say this, people are experience rich and theory poor, mm -hmm. that 
most people necessarily um, lack access to organizing principles in their life. Um, if you're not immersed in the world of academia and you don't have the leisure to produce, to follow and acquire grand theories, you don't have theories to explain things. So whenever there is someone comes along with an explanatory mechanism for something that is that you're experience rich in, it's enormously attractive. Um, so that you know, if that's a lousy, if strength finder is lousy, it's incumbent on us just to come up with better and more sophisticated ways of. Um, but it's it's clear that there is a massive demand for something um, to allow people to organize their experience. Hey, Malcolm. My name is Mike. Thanks for being here. Um, my question is kind of going back to the value of elite institutions again. Um, so. So you talk about how someone who goes to Harvard, someone who goes to University of Tennessee, they are intrinsically going to do the same if they're, um, you know, on the same intelligence level. So I guess my question is, you know, you hear you're kind of the average of the five people you hang around. You surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You will naturally elevate your level. Do you believe in that or do you believe that's kind of... You know, it seems like your theory is, is kind of uh, puts the merits towards that, you know, yeah. thought process. Well, there's a, so a couple of things. One is that um, one of the implications of that argument is that there are a lot more very able people at um, non-elite institutions than we think. And actually, this is kind of a fascinating thing. So to take a step backwards... Uh, the larger question is, how efficient are elite educational institutions um, in as search engines for talent? What percentage of the of qualified students do they actually uncover? And, and the answer is, we used to think they were very efficient. What we have discovered recently is they're actually quite inefficient. In other words, enormous numbers of very, very intellectually capable people never even come close to the 250 top colleges in the country. So non-selective colleges have a much larger share of, uh, of the intellectual aristocracy than we would imagine. So that's so, so to your question, if you go to the University of Tennessee, you can find lots and lots and lots of very, very intellectually capable people to hang around with. And you probably will grab, if you are that kid who could have gone to Harvard, you will probably gravitate to those five. The difference being that, so you'll be surrounded by peers who maybe every bit is able. The difference is that you will almost certainly be the top of your class as opposed to running the risk of being in the middle of the bottom. So you're getting two um, benefits, intellectual benefits, as opposed to maybe only one. Um, the other thing, of course, is that, uh, well, I'll leave it at that. There are many, many parallel arguments along these lines. Now, of course, not everyone can follow the strategy. If everyone does it, it ceases to work, right? <laughs> everyone can't go down a notch. Or <laughs> So the whole thing is, I, if you're going to follow the strategy, do it quick before I sell too many books <laughs> and the advantage is wiped out. But uh <laughs> Okay, thank you.
So you said in response to a previous question that it would be useful to eliminate some hierarchy so that you get rid of this problem of people being at the bottom. But how do we know that's the bigger issue as opposed to it's just a great boost to people when they are at the top? And if that was the predominating factor, then maybe we should just have more awards or more way to recognize people. Oh, I see. Oh, you mean have a kind of pretend hierarchy where you <laughs> give everyone a pat on the back? Maybe we should have even more levels of hierarchy. Oh, I see. Well, but the, you know, the, um, so the classic study, I have to see if I got this right. The classic study in this regard, which I talk about in the book, is this famous study that was done in this, the largest psychological study ever in the United States was done during the Second World War of American soldiers. And one of the most interesting insights was a comparison of, um, of uh, uh, commissioned officers in the Air Force, the Air Corps, the precursor to the Air Force, and commissioned officers in the military police. And the question was, who was more satisfied with, uh, um, with their promotion prospects, the openness of their uh, institution to rewarding talent? He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. And at least y'all know I smoke weed, I cuss, I call a woman a bitch. <laughs> uh, so my flaws is shown, right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy, so what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas following, man. Fuck them niggas, homie. I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't gave, he ain't fed the village like Maria and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him. Oh, we don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But sure. because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. Yeah. So, oh, uh, it's not to. And on that. Yeah, once they see that, it's real, it's legit, and I ain't just talking out my net. Man, they shipping them things off. Now, I have to sign a service agreement and all that good stuff, and I was cool and all. But I didn't exchange any money. Until I got my money from the federal government. Wow. And as soon as they the government got it, they paid you. That's why I had to that's why I had to be at a net zero, because I had to pay the uh authorized retailer. Gotcha. Now if they if I put some money up front, then I could have did a net fifteen or something like that and waited for it. Right. But but since since it was no money exchange, it's basically a handshake and they, they got the valid contract, yeah, I need my money ASAP. Cause I don't want them calling me, you know what I mean? So I was at a net zero. 
$75,000 to order some iPads, bro. There's more of them out there like that. That's nuts. There's more of them out there like that. Yo, I've made $30,000 a year at the Cheesecake Factory. I had to work 40 hours a week. Jeez. 40 to 50. You was balling. I was at the gas station <laughs> working, <laughs> making less than... <laughs> I was at 15000 a year. Half a decade. Come on, man. <laughs> man, yo, Swiss the sweet guy want this. Newport man want that. You know what I mean? Blow pop kid want this. Like, yo, that's man. crazy. Yeah. Yo, yeah. congrats on your success, I man. I appreciate it, man. That is crazy, bro. I think, it's, uh, I think it's important, too, a guy coming from where I come from, with the information that I have, I got to I got to share. Because if you listen to how most people talk about government contracting and federal government contracting, they speak of it as if it's a daunting task. Yeah. If it's, like, it's so hard. I definitely think yeah. it sounds scary to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how most people think about it. God, it's not that It's not that difficult. Understand the process. Understand that Everything can be middleman. Mm-hmm. The government allows us to subcontract every single contract that they have. You just got to put the pieces to the puzzle together. What's your vice, man? What now, is your vice? Now is is hooping mm-hmm. and traveling, man. Really? Yeah, hooping and traveling. Like I try to go to places domestically just to see what they hoop game like. The hoop situation. Man, I'm like that. You ain't no hooper, man. Bro. I'm tough. I hit I told you I hit you. I'm like, man, hooping them Jordans. <laughs> when you leaving? I can stick around, man. Hold on, bro. <laughs> nah, we might get funky out here, man. Let me I can, I can stick around. Okay. We might be on the uh Okay. <laughs> Set it up. Well, you might have just set that up. Set up. Is he nice, Jose? You haven't seen it? Yeah. Yeah. He showed up to the gym in like these jeans and uh and harachis. It was oh, crazy. No. It was like there's like sweatpant jeans or something like that. I'm like, yo, Jose, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> so uh nah, all right. So um travel do you travel with your wife a lot? Uh, dang, that's not, crazy. Well, not. Dang, <laughs> like said, oh, I yeah. mean, I mean, you gotta that that, That's why I advise you. That's my thing. I yeah, gotta yeah, get away. Got, but you got peep game too. People are calling me to, to come out there to teach them my process. Oh. So I'm going out there to work, right? So I'm going out there to work. You two, pull up on days. your students? Yeah, pull up on them. Yeah. I mean, not just everybody gets to not course. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not every, I don't pull up on everybody, but. If it's a group six or more, I'm pulling up. Oh, so if it's like a group of six people that got the course or whatever. Yep. And they say, and hey, they we city. need higher education. Or they say, we purchased the course, but we want you to actually come out here and teach us real time too. I'm dead. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it, man. Yo, the, do it. so there will be a link in the um, in, a, in our description and 
You can use promo code social proof. Again, I don't know how much it's going to be. I'm going to negotiate. Be good at negotiating. So I got it. We're going to negotiate the I'm biggest discount. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good negotiator. We're going to negotiate the biggest discount possible. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, let's 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 try to set up these little meetups, man. Especially if gr- that's dope because like groups can get together and kind of iron sharpens iron. That's what you I'm feel saying. me. That's what I'm saying. I, and that's why I told you, like, I can speak about it all day long, but when you bring somebody else in that's actually listened to the information, understood the process, and received the result, right? It ain't nothing better than that. It's nothing, it's nothing but, like, I get overwhelmed when my students say, I won my first federal contract. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Knowing that it took me three years with no help. Yeah. And now I'm able to help people condense their time frames. Yeah. I just get excited, man. Yeah. That's lit. Yeah. And I think it's lit because you got rich from government contracting. And then now it's not like, yo, the... The money people pay for the program is is not your funding your lifestyle. Right, it's like yeah. you you're really like just giving a blueprint for us, right? Us, right. our people, peep game, clubhouse people. Will reach out to me off of a clubhouse meeting room, mm-hmm. and they ask for phone calls. Oh, can I talk to you for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes? They instantly say, "How much do you charge for a phone?" I'm like, "What?" People charge you to talk to them real quick. Like, I'm pulling up on the phone like, uh, Just wait till after this interview, brother. Uh, all right, talk to him. Talk to him about your it. Your tone is going to change. Because it's going to be overwhelming. When and it gets to that point, like, when it seriously gets overwhelming, then, yeah, I got to But maybe I was like, group. So Okay, but, so. But that's what I'm saying. But this is how I just feel like sometimes somebody might just need a couple of minutes with somebody to get them to their next level. Yeah. You feel me? Because I feel like I needed that. Yeah. I just needed somebody to just say, hey, man, give me 10 minutes of your time. I can get you to your next level. XA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Spec. Um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. But I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because... We went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. Oh, golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So I have this course— and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it, not, it, it's done now, and uh, we're we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in, like, April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was, I shot it. It's supposed to be ready, like, April, May. Then 
it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. They would have got done a long time ago. 